everyone, Paul Alcoholic. Thanks for having me once again. There is a solution. That's one thing for sure. And by, by the solution, you'll know the problem, literally. You can understand the problem in the beginning, but knowing the problem comes from the solution. So when there is the relief of the bondage of self, you'll know that the bondage of self is the problem. It'll be clear as day. But right now, you know, like I talked about the other day, I had a, you know, my first take on the problem was it was my family, yeah? It was my brothers and sisters and my parents. Then it was the police, which that, that lasted quite a while. And then it was, I came in AA and I thought it was drinking and using. And I thought I had attributed the drinking and using uh, as the cause of a lot of problems. But when I stopped drinking and using, the problems persisted. Like uh, I had this one really strange one that would come up. It was sort of like rage that would come up in intimate situations. Yeah? But I didn't really, really like the person and would never come up. But if I really liked them, or if you want to call it loved them, at one point I'd get really paranoid that they were setting me up, yeah, for a big fall. And it would come over, take, it would take over, it would take over me, and then it would, uh, like I remember this one night, I was taking a cab with my girlfriend at the time, my first fairy princess in AA. <laughs> the first year. And uh, we were driving to her house in a cab, and my head was talking to me, and my head was saying, Hey, why don't you ask her, ask her where she was last night, you know? And I said, well, I don't know about that. There was sort of like a debate going on, two aspects of the same crazy mind. And they said, no, don't worry, I won't come out for long. I just want to ask this one question, like where she was. I said, no, I don't know. I've seen what happens before when you come out. I think I've got to keep you in that closet. But it was persistent. You know how it is? They'll go try to go through the front door, the side door, the back door, the skylight, everything. And finally, I sort of I gave in. I asked her, hey, where were you last night in that sort of paranoid voice? And three days later... I was knocking at her door asking for the shoes I had bought her back. <laughs> the relationship was, was burnt asunder, whatever, in about three days. And then you'd go through an emotional hangover. You know those, yeah? It's like there's something that takes, take, comes over you and takes you over and it makes a big splash. And then you're left behind to deal with it, yeah? And I would call that, those emotional hangovers are just way... They were like little samples of what the hell was used to always be like when I was out there, you know? Like that, that rabid, very accelerated thought stream going off, you yeah? So these things, I believe, were caused by cocaine use. I thought that's why I got paranoid. So when I got sober, it was really a rude awakening when they would come up, and I hadn't been drinking. So a lot of the times, I had thought I knew the problem many times, but when I attempted to apply the techniques of the so-called solution, I didn't get radical relief. Yeah? So I found that that cannot possibly be the problem, in a way. But when I finally entertained the idea that the root of the problem in AA, I don't believe, is obsession with self. I believe it's identification as a self, which is quite different. Because if you're identified as a self, you won't know it. Yeah? And then when, and it may seem like you're trying to get out of the obsession with self, but self cannot get out of self. So if, if the prior addiction is identification, 
then no matter how much you struggle or try to accept the obsession, it's the problem doing it, yeah? So there's no solution in that. The solution has to come from a, a totally different place than the problem. So when I atten- finally entertained that it may be this, uh, this activity of my mind, which is when I listen to K-Paul all day, yeah, it sort of infers and implies and signifies and points at that there's a someone there, yeah? That there's a Paul. And that Paul has always been here in this life, and it's the one constant in my life. Uh, people come and go, experiences come and go, thoughts come and go, but Paul, the one who has the thoughts, the one who thinks the thoughts, is always there. Yeah? So it makes it a certain constant, but it doesn't really have any verifiable evidence, it's just a story, yeah? It runs all day. So when I'm listening to K-Paul, that's, the, that's sort of the uh, effect. If I'm listening to it in an unconscious manner, I take it to be, I take myself to be a self, yeah? I take myself to be a body, in a way, a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. And then, if you would call awareness spirit, I take spirit as something I can do and not do, yeah? In other words, I can work on my spirit, yeah? But what's going to have a spiritual awakening is going to be a body, yeah? This is going to be the primary identification or reference. And then spirit will come and go, yeah? But this will never come and go, yeah? Either I'll be unspiritual or spiritual, but there'll always be me, yeah? Me will be spiritual when it goes on a retreat, then the same me will be unspiritual when it goes to work, Yes? So this false constant called Paul supplants or takes the place of the real constant, which I would say is awareness, yeah? Like we're all on. While there's life in the body, there's consciousness, yes? There's a consciousness that, in, that is like the animating principle. It's sort of like the eye. The eye isn't really seeing. The eye facilitates seeing, yeah? Like the eye is like a set of lenses that if the body is alive or conscious, then there can be the, 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 the uh, sense of vision. But that same body, that same eye, if it's in a dead body, is not seeing anything. But if you took that same eye out of a dead body and put it in a live body, it would see. Yeah? So the eye has the capability of seeing, but it's not what sees. Yeah? So the body has the capability of feeling, but it's not what's initiating the feeling. There must be awareness to have a feeling. Yeah? For, the, for a thought to be had, it must be noted. And what allows that ability to note a thought is consciousness. Yeah? You're conscious of thoughts. You're, and even the language says it's you that's conscious of thoughts. I'm just saying there's consciousness of thoughts. Yes? There's consciousness of feelings. But the way the head presents it to be is that there's a me. Yeah? That there's a Paul. And when that becomes the fixed reference, then life starts to look like, instead of it happening, it's happening to this Paul. Yeah? And as soon as it's happening to this Paul, this Paul has tons of opinions why it should and shouldn't be happening. Yeah? And then, as soon as life is claimed, and it's my, now it's my life, then my mind goes wild thinking about it. And it doesn't really think about it now. It thinks only about it now, but the content of the thoughts are there and then. It's past and future. Yes? So it's always dwelling on you somewhere else at some other time. Yeah? So, but the mind can't dwell on nothing. It has to have a fixed object to dwell on. So it identifies you as a body, and then when you think about yourself in the past, you think about yourself as a body. Yes? 
Go back in your head now, four weeks ago, and how do you see yourself to be four weeks ago, as a body, in some situation, yeah? Then worry about yourself a year from now. How, what, is, what does your thought system refer to you as? A body, yeah? So if I think about myself in the future, in a year from now, I'm going to project myself as a body. That's the, that's the limitation of the thought system. It takes you to be a body. Yeah? It does not take you to be a spirit. It takes you to be a body, for first and foremost. And then maybe you as a body can become spiritual, which is incredibly insane, because a body is material. It's not going to become spiritual. That's why it's difficult to graft spirituality onto a body. Yeah? No matter how much you practice, it doesn't really seem to last, yeah? unless you stay in a very controlled environment. Like, if you stay in the, it's like I was in a program called Delancey Street, which is, a, there's a, they have one in New York too. But it was a two-year program, alcohol and drugs, and a lot of convicts there. And they would profess that their success rate was 90-something percent. Yeah? But the reason why is their success rate was based on you never leaving the facility for the rest of your life. <laughs> Everyone who left the facility that I saw, and I mean big-time people in there, got loaded. Every one of them. But as long as they were in the incubator, they could stay sober. Yes? This is sort of what it's like. There's a certain spirituality that we can seem to acquire or attain here, but it's based on circumstances and situations. If the circumstances and situations aren't just right, it's a very fragile spiritual condition, yes? But what would happen if you and I are truly a spiritual condition to begin with? Then your spiritual condition has the potential to outshine your circumstances and situations, yes? It's nice to have a nice, lovely place, but it's not a necessity, because you can outshine the circumstances and the situations. So there could be, you could call one form of spirituality is one that is, constructed and achieved and maintained and uh, has to have the right circumstances and the situations to sort of have to have any strong influence on you. Then there's one that is like an all-terrain vehicle. Yeah? You can travel over every situation in your life and you'll travel lighter over them. It may not change your situations, but I guarantee you, you'll travel lighter through them. Yeah? Now, to me, that's valuable. Yeah? And then, in this spirituality, its basis is right where you are at any time, with no requirements necessary. Yeah? So it's just an entertaining of a fact. Yeah? And if that fact is a fact, you'll know it to be a fact. Yeah? You've entertained a lot of bullshit already. So have I. <laughs> I mean, we, most of us are entertained false evidence, and it seems to appear real. Can you imagine if you actually entertained a fact? How much power it would have? It's unbelievable. I mean, you finally hit the, the money, you know what I mean? All right, false evidence, false evidence, false evidence. This person's going to save me, false evidence, yeah? That job's going to make everything great, false evidence. I'm going to have another kid, false evidence. I'll get a puppy, false evidence, appearing real. None of them are really going to deliver the super goods. But then if you alight it on the fact and it start actually delivering it, unbelievable. There's a certain level of convincing that occurs that can't be shaken by circumstances and situations, and definitely can't be shaken by the thought system anymore. Yes? So no matter what my head says, how I'm doing, how I'm going to be doing, how I was doing, how I should be doing, which is the big one, none of that seems to stick anymore, because I, there's something that is known now. And the level of knowing it is your being it. Yeah? It's a whole different knowledge. 
knowing something and then actually being something. Like this a great master, Sri Ramana Maharshi, says, to know God is to be God. Yeah? If you actually knew God, you'd be God. Because that's the, that is the highest form of knowing. What I wanted to do, and what a lot of people I meet want to do, they want to know God as themselves. Yeah? But you can't know God as yourself. Yes? Because God is not an object to you. I would say God is the subject. God is you, in a sense. Yeah. So by realizing I'm, what I'm not, which is this idea of being Paul, who is a bad guy or a good guy, or does this and that, all these little uh, ideas and old beliefs and all these thought systems, I am not that. What I actually live as is what I am. I cannot know it because I am it. Yeah. I can't have an experience of it because I am it. I can't lose it because I'm, I am it. I can't find it because I am it. Yes? It takes all of the choice and all of the bogus, you know, dead-end journeys that the mind tries to offer you that, oh, if you just do this and that, you'll arrive someday, not now, but someday, and you'll have a great awakening. Yeah. That's all put off because now you're in that awakening. Now. You're living it now. Not... You're not living with it, you're living as it. It's a different sense, yeah? And how this is, is facilitated, is, in my view, is first of all, especially in recovery, is to see what it is that you're not, yes? And what I found is, what I saw that I, what I wasn't was self. The idea of being a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. And once I saw that, the next thing I could entertain is, hey, I can be free of it. I don't have to therapize it. I don't have to debate with it. I don't have to try to win it over. I don't have to appease it. I don't have to negotiate with it anymore. Please let me have a one-month-long relationship. Please, don't fuck up this picnic this year or whatever. No, I can actually be free of it. Yeah, I don't have to spend a lot of time on it anymore because it's not me. Yeah? It's not me. And I'll tell you, as soon as you realize or just entertain it's not you, you're going to lose interest in it big time. Seriously, fast. Just like I always use this example. If I'm sitting here and I hear a, I have a, there's this woman I'm interested in in the next room, and I'm interested in her biblically, like, you know, I'd like to meet with her and so. And, but I'm afraid to ask her out, you know, because I don't like to take a chance on rejection, so I'm just playing it safe. So I'm trying to hear what she's saying. And I'm in this room supposedly doing this talk or whatever, but my interest is in the other room, yeah, because that has a lot more meaning than sharing this with you. <laughs> you know, this is much more important to my head. So I'm talking and the people are and I'm but listening. It's the people going, Hey Paul, you know, you should be really doing be here now, you know. Be in the moment. Get into this moment. This is where you are. And I'm agreeing with them, but my interest is way there. Yeah? Someone puts a book, you know, how to lose interest in a conversation in the next room. I read through it, oh fuck it, you know, my interest is still there. And then suddenly I hear her talking and she mentions a guy's name Matt. As soon as I hear it's not about me, I lose interest in that conversation. I do not have to take a workshop on how to lose interest in it. Yeah? I don't have to go away on a retreat. The interest immediately leaves that and comes where? Right where I am. Yes? Right where I am. And so the interest and attention loses interest in that. When you lose interest in something, it doesn't mean you lose interest. You just lose interest in the something. Yeah? There's tons of interest and there's tons of attention, but what happens is, especially in selfing, your interest and attention, instead of having a wide aperture, it's focused. You're concentrated because you're constantly seeking. 
That's what self is doing. It's a self-seeking, and it's frightened. It's not going to get what it wants or lose what it has. So it has a purpose. So your interest and attention, instead of like free-ranging, is, is in, enslaved to an agenda called self-will, let's say, yeah? It's a, it, to your mind, your selfish, self-centered mind aspect is, has an agenda, and your interest and attention is focusedly enslaved to that. So you're like this. Now, when, that, when you take away that object, yeah, the interest and attention is freed up. And maybe you'll be interested in another person instead. Yeah? Maybe you'll start being interested in the surroundings you're in. Maybe you'll lose interest in the thoughts meandering and what's not happening all day, picturing you there and then and worrying about impossible situations that you believe will happen to you next week. Yeah? Maybe that interest and attention will be unwedded to that bullshit, and where will it be? Right here and now. Yes? Because even, even when it goes there and then, it's doing it here and now. Every day, every time you think about the future, it's happening now. Every time that the past is ruminated over, it's happening now. You cannot escape the parameters of now. Yeah? There's no way you and I have ever been out of any moment. You cannot get out of a moment. The whole point of getting into the moment is bullshit, because it's actually the way you act as if you could be out of a moment. Your desire to get into it reaffirms this false idea that you could be out of a moment. You and I cannot get out of this moment. Yeah? And on the other way, you and I are constantly trying to get out of self, which is what seeking is, isn't it? What you're attempting to seek is relief from the original addiction, which is mind addicted to self. Yeah? Really, to me, that's the original disease. Like, alcoholism is just a subdivision of that, yeah? And alcoholism is actually trying to get out of that, yeah? By drinking and using, and trying to escape. But self can never get out of self, so there's never an escape, yeah? So here... That interest attention, freed from that, yes? What does it do? It's here now. It can be spent here and now. And all the past and all future is actually happening here and now. All it is is take the attention and gets unwedded to those things, and now is just here. It can go to things when they show up, but now for me, it rests in more the nothingness of things, yeah? Like the space, like in this room. If you see this room, most everything we see is things, yeah? But you can intimate the sense of the space in this room. I would say that's seeing nothing. And that's, I believe, is what mind does all day. Mind is truly seeing nothing all day. Infinitely seeing nothing. Because in mind's eye, it never alights onto a thing. All it's doing is seeing nothingness. Yeah? But here, if you take yourself to be a thing, that's, then you're going to be addicted to things. Yes? The mind is. Like when I saw this young, when I was young, a guy died that my family knew. And we went to the funeral, and uh, I was nine years old, and they brought me by the casket. And I looked in, I saw his body, yeah? His name was Uncle Fred, but it didn't, I had a very strong hit, that isn't Uncle Fred, when I looked at the body. Because something was missing, that animating principle had left, yeah? And I realized later on that the reason why I thought that was Uncle Fred, when I looked at the body, is because I was assuming I was the body. But when I saw the absence of spirit out of Uncle Fred's body, it was obvious that wasn't Uncle Fred. The body is just a body. The body is like a camera, yeah? Full of lenses. But what is really, I believe, what we are is the light that animates it, or awareness. Yeah? 
when that light isn't moving through the camera, it's like an empty camera show. Yeah. So what happened with that is when you see that you're maybe entertained, you're not such a thing, your interest and attention may be very, gets very interested and attentive to nothingness. Yeah? You start sensing the space in places, the space in your own life, the space of mind. So, you know, even when you look at your head, let's say if you're upset about next week, then you're going to get fired, yeah? If you ask yourself some simple questions, what does it mean to you to be fired next week? Yeah? All right, it means I'm, I'm no good, all right? All right, then ask us another simple question. What does it mean to you to be, to be no good? Well, that means I'm bad, yeah? All right, well, what does it mean for you to be bad? Well, that means I don't deserve anything. Well, what does it mean if you don't deserve anything? That means fuck it. What does it mean to fuck it? It means fuck it. Yeah? And if you would keep bringing yourself down and ask questions, you'd end up to a point where the mind would have no more meaning, and you'd sense the space that's always there. It's always there. All that's happening is his mind is filling it up all day. But if you look at mind, because you're never really, like the Course in Miracles says, you're never really upset for the reason you think. So you think you're obsessed that you're going to get fired, but it's really because it means you're really bad. Yes? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So there's all this meaning in the space, and if you just take it down until it doesn't have any more meaning, you'll see it's all just like a phantom. It never, it never, like if I had this chair here, which it is here, and I could move it, yeah? Then you wouldn't, you wouldn't see the chair. The only way you would see the chair is through memory, right? You, you would, would have remembered the chair was here. And when I moved the chair out of the space, would I have to move space into the, where the chair was? Would I have to go to the closet? Oh, get me that chair-like space over there. Fill it up? No. So really, this, the chair isn't really taking up any space. It's more appearing in space, yeah? Just like the wall. The space outside isn't really... There, this, this isn't like a solid thing that's stopping the space. This is just a wall that appears in space. Yeah? If we took the wall down, would there have to be something moved in, like space? Would space like suddenly rush in? Like it was, if it was a void? No. There, just, there's all, just all there is is space, yes? So, okay, what's the difference between this and a chair? If this walked out of the room, you wouldn't know I was here anymore. You wouldn't see me, feel me, taste me, or touch me. But you could remember me in mind, yeah? But did I take up any space? Or am I more like an appearance in space? If I'm an appearance of space, so here, all right, so if I hit this chair, it's going to hurt me, yeah? So appearances affect appearances. But if I try to grab space, can I grab space? Can I punch space? Can I strangle it? You know? Can I rethink about space? Can I remember a space that I saw three weeks ago in a room in, uh, you know, Schenectady, whatever? Oh, that space is very familiar to this space. I think I've seen this space before. I didn't like this space, you know? No, it's very, very claustrophobic, this space. Bring in some new space. Bring in that space I once knew, back in San Fran. All right. No. See, space you can't do anything with, yeah? I can't affect it, in a way. The only thing I can affect here is another appearance, as an appearance. Yeah? But as an appearance, I have no effect on the space, whatsoever. That's sort of what, like, mind is. Mind is like an open sky space where things appear in the, sp in the sky, but they don't affect the sky. 
When the rain comes down, it just hits an appearance, the, you know, the earth. Yeah? Planes are flying through it. They never call the terminal and say, we ran into a big chunk of sky up here. They just move clearly through it. Fourth of July explosions are happening, but it never rips open the sky. Yet the sky allows all of that to occur. Without the sky, none of that would be occurring. Yeah? So it's like the context that allows the content to appear, but what appears as content can't affect it. That's what mind is like. I mean, my mind is like. That's the immunity to alcoholism. To know one's true nature is, to the, is the immunity to be, to be fooled by the false nature that the mind uh, presents all day. Yeah? That's how you know the problem by the solution. You know things are appearing. You're not denying what you're feeling. You're not denying the thoughts, but you are denying that you're the thinker of them. You're, you are denying that you're the feeler of them. Yeah? You are denying the claiming of all these activities. You're not denying the activities. See, some people get confused. They go, well, I didn't do that. No, that happened. But there wasn't any you that did it. Yeah? Like Buddha said, events happen and deeds are done, but there's no individual doer thereof. So things happen, but why does it have to mean that there's someone who did it? Because that's the logic of the conditional mind. It cannot see an action without believing there was a noun that did it. And if it can't be you, and if it can't be someone else, it will be God. God did it. Yeah? Somehow there's always going to be a noun, because that's, that's what creates the loop of the story. We can't just let verbs be verbs. We have to sort of have nouns in it to tell a story about it. Yes? You did it. But if you read the big, big book of AA, if you were powerless over alcohol, then the behavior you exhibited underneath that influence, you, why do you have so much responsibility for? Accountability is called on, but not responsibility. You were powerless. You were dancing with a 500-pound gorilla. You were going to stop when it wants to stop. Yeah? But still, this, this, the logic of the conditional mind overrides all the principles we learn. We keep coming in here and still, still, still think we were responsible for all that shit as if it was a willpower that caused it. It's a disease of mind. Yeah? You can't take an x-ray of alcoholism. You can't see it. But you can see its effects. You can see its effects in the body and the liver and kidneys, and you can see its effects out here. But you can never see it. Yeah? It's infected the thought system. So if the thought system is what produces the sense of self, and it has alcoholism, the sense of self that you're going to be saddled with is an alcoholic self. That's why we identify with each other at these moon, in these rooms, because I know what took you over, because the same thing took me over. I don't identify with who you are. I identify with what's taking you over. That's why we laugh together. If a normal person comes in here and hears some of the shit we say, they're aghast. They'll never come back. But we all laugh because we know what it's like to think that way, to feel that way, to react to life that way. Because it's one format that's infected all of us. Yeah? One mental system called alcoholism, which is a subdivision of a bigger system called self-centeredness. Yeah? What if you want relief from the effects of self-centeredness, start, don't go out there and try to change all the effects. Go to the center, self. If I'm not that, if I am not the center of that system, my attention and interest becomes unbeholden to it, and my, I get freed from the slavery or to that bondage of self. Literally freed. Yeah. Not even literally freed. It's like you were never bound. That's the, that's the freedom. 
The hit is that you were never bound. It's not even, you don't even have the joy to believe you were bound and then you got to be free. Because somehow you'd write yourself into the story of that event. Yeah? I must have done something. I'm a chosen one. I was bound, but now I'm free. No. If you were never bound, then it has nothing to do with you, the freedom that you're entertaining. That's why it can last. If it has to do with you, it cannot be always available. It has to be infrequent, so that if it does get met once again, it'll be based on you. And if it never gets met one against, again, it'll be based on you. This is called obsession with self. Yeah. If, if, if freedom was just an obvious state, and there was no big creds you could get out of it by you know, breaking the chains of bondage and find, going to the highest hill and looking at the vista and then abandoning yourself and having your hair blowing and having a great spiritual awakening, yes? If it was just normal dog shit awareness every day, what the hell, you, what, could, what story could you write about it? No one even care. There's no, I don't have a like, you know, colonel things up here and you have like sergeant stripes. There's no hierarchy. You know what I mean? There's no one ahead of the line and anything like this. It's so beautiful because it's always available at all times with no requirement necessary. You're totally irrelevant in the entertaining of it. If it was about you, you would change the channel. But this channel can't be changed, yeah? Because it's prior to you. It's a timeless solution. It has nothing to do with you. It has nothing to do with me taking an action to produce a result. Yeah, It has to do with entertaining what I'm not, and then you get informed of what you are. Yeah, You get informed of it. It downloads. You find out by not knowing. Yeah. You find out it's, it's, it immediately thrusts a god of your own understanding out the window, and now it's a god of its own understanding, which is revelatory. Yeah, Because if... If I'm the one who builds the portal for God to enter, it's going to be a very small portal, based on all my ideas. But if I give up that playing God, yeah, if I give up that activity, and I allow, in, and I stay in a state of I don't know, which is the easiest one to stay in, because you don't know, really, it's the easiest one, you don't know, in that I don't know, I find out. And what I find out convinces me much more deeply than anything I've ever known before. I don't care how much I studied it. Yeah? Finding out this way is, produces a sense of convincing. So now there's an immunity to K-Paul. K-Paul doesn't locate me, doesn't define me, doesn't project me, doesn't ruminate over me. It's just an activity. I've lost interest in it, so it's still going on, but it's never listened to, it's heard. You know? Because there's awareness. It's heard, but it's not listened to. It's a freedom. It's like a, um, I have total faith in mind. And everyone is mind. I have total faith in mind. I don't believe we need a giant. We already have a way of life that can contain the alcoholism. Yes? We already have a way of life that supports being free from alcoholism. If we could just see maybe what the root cause of the alcoholism is and tell the truth about it, it would be a perfect illumination of the path we're already on. We don't have to find a path. We don't need any more turbocharged paths. We already have a beautiful path to deal with the, the effects of mental alcoholism. But the illumination, if you don't have the right diagnosis and you think it's obsession with self, and if it's truly identification, you'll be in that little 
complex equation of self trying to get out of self. And it's impossible to do. Yeah. But if I'm not that, that's being out of it. Yeah. And then there's a, I, I have a total sense that I, there's no possibility that I could ever be in a self. So no matter how my mind attempts to talk as if I am, it's totally ridiculous because it's impossible that spirit could ever be a body. It's just impossible. <laughs> it's just like, it's just freaking impossible. And there's a freedom in it, you know. <laughs> So, <laughs> we talked the, the other day, but I want to talk again. This lady, I was at a meeting. It was a really nice meeting, and uh, she was talking in a really beautiful way about how she's in this valley, you know, and then every day, in a way, her life, she has to hike up to this hill, and the highest hill before she hits the ridge, she calls it the third step hill. And then when she makes it to the third step hill, then she sees the vista that the ridge offers, only to be thrust back into the valley, and then forgetting it and having to climb, you know. And so she does literally the climb every weekend, but it was sort of like an analogy of, you know, living in the valley trying to get to the ridge. And I just said, why don't, move, why don't you just move to the ridge? You know what I mean? Just move to the ridge. You may not have 10-minute shares anymore, because there won't be a giant travelogue, because you won't be in the valley. Yeah, you'll be on the ridge. See what happens then? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you'll have to come up with new material. Because the whole, you know, rope. No, you're on the ridge. I'm seeing the vista all day. <laughs> Why would I want to go on a vacation if I could live at the vacation house? <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense. It really doesn't. Why would I want to keep toiling? If it says in the book, there'll be a point where you'll be placed in a position of neutrality with no thought or effort on your part. That's like being placed on the ridge. Yes? The problem will not exist for you. The valley. <laughs> you know? You'll, you'll be seen clearly. You'll be reborn as a ridge person. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> ridge is me. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, if you want to visit the valley, far out, but don't claim citizenship anymore, you're done. I hear people share all the time, they always, I'm really feeling great, but they always bookend it, well, I'm still crazy, though. I'm still one of us motherfucking assholes. No, be brazen about it. There's freedom. There's a, there's a freedom available. And it doesn't matter if people don't like you at all, who cares less? If their liking me would have saved my ass, I would have been saved a long time ago, kissing people's ass. Shit. Who wants to have approval of the other insane inmates? Really? Oh, thanks. You're one of us. Oh, that's great. I'd rather be on the other side of the door. You know what I mean? <laughs> Bringing the, the prescriptions in there. <laughs> the mess. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. You know. This is how I've seen it over the 20-something years I've been AA. This is what it's come to. I really believe, and my experience of the program shifted when the diagnosis got shifted. When I saw that it was an obsession with self, but it was identification as a self. So it was a matter of, that really was quite illuminating. Because when I read the book and I saw the word self, all new downloads occurred, you know? 
And it, all of them had a very distilled one point, I'm not that. Yeah. I am not that which I'm constantly taking myself to be, brought to me by K. Paul O'Day. I am not all what it infers, or it implies, or it points to, or it has conjectures about. All that phantom little Paul, full of old ideas and beliefs and conditionings, and this could never happen to me. I'm not beholden to that. Yes? I can walk away and not look back. It has nothing to do with me. Yeah? It has no ability to define me unless I believe it. That's the only way it defines you. As soon as it's defined you as a self, you're basically fucked. Because you'll be driven by seeking to get out of it, and that's one form of being in it, trying to get out of it. Yeah? You can't get out of an imaginary problem. It's impossible. All it can do is make the problem seem real. You're trying to get out of it, yeah? It's like we said the other day, everyone's trying to get into the moment, but they cannot possibly be out of the moment. And a lot of people are trying to get out of self, and they cannot possibly be in self. Yeah? People are trying to get into what they can't be out of, and they're trying to get out of what they can't be in. <laughs> it's crazy, isn't it? It's like we're, going, we're thinking we're going the, the right direction on the highway, we're going the exact opposite direction. Yes? I mean, have you seen people... Who talks most more about self than people trying to get out of it? Really? Who talks more about self than people trying to get out of it? I haven't heard any people talk more about self than people trying to get out of it. Yeah? Their mind's more obsessed over the idea of being a self, trying to get out of it, than they were ever obsessed being a self when they were in it. Yeah? are seemingly in it. You have to see it. You have to see it. You're trying to get out of it is being in it quite a way. Yeah? But if I'm not that, that's being out of it. Yeah? Because it's impossible to be in it. That's the only way. And that solution is timeless. It doesn't take any time. If I'm not that, if, if it's an imaginary problem, what more do I need to do? If I do anything about it, that's making it real. If it's an imaginary problem, it takes no time. And that's one of the qualities, I believe, of the real solution, is it's timeless. Yeah? It's timeless. It hits you like a thief in the night. It jacks in like that. Yeah? It may not stabilize here in this place of time, but the hit is very, it's timeless. Whammo. Just like I see when I do these talks, a lot of times people, the light goes on, and then it goes off when they think about it. But it goes on <laughs> when they get hit. Yeah? And it didn't take any, any time. It just whacked, and they got hit. And then it takes time to think about it, and it takes time for the thinking to neuter it. It does. And then what it wants to do, which is really insane, it tries to resuscitate what it neutered. And it makes, it makes a message of nothing into something. And then you think you have it, but that ain't it. It's like bastardizes it. And then you, it's like really weird. It's like a changeling, you know? The, the message is born... There's a, a, it's switched with another body of ideas, which is yours. <laughs> and then you claim, oh, I got the message. I, no, no, no. That's not the message. That's the bastard child of selfing. <laughs> so, <laughs> the thing is to leave nothing as nothing alone. Yeah? And the mind can't leave nothing as nothing. It has to make it something. But if you're not that, that's nothing. Yes? And it's timeless. That's the thing. The quality of timelessness will drop in, and that's some way of how you intimate where the solution's coming from. 
really. You'll see it's not, it's not confined or defined by time. More doesn't mean it's better. Yeah? Quantity doesn't mean it's better. It doesn't. The more you do things around it doesn't mean you're going to get more of it. It's nothing. It has its own qualities. It defines the experience of the event, not you. Yeah? But what would happen if there was a state that got stabilized where you were, and, and no matter what thought you ever had about it, that wouldn't affect the state? Wouldn't that be something reliable to rest in? It wouldn't be produced or manipulated or deformed by thought. If there wouldn't be distance put into it by thought. You're far away this weekend. You're closer because you're going on a retreat. All this baloney of moving back and forth, hot, cold, connected, disconnected. If you saw all of that, all those movements of mind hasn't moved you one bit from what you are. Yeah? Not one bit. It hasn't moved you one inch from everywhere. And it hasn't moved you closer one inch to everywhere. It's just everywhere. There's no... There's no maps, there's no time, there's just everywhere. Wherever you seem to be, that's the center of everywhere. So now you can live from being centered, but not self-centered. Yes. The centeredness shifts from self-centered to centered. Self-centered is mostly here, yes? Centered is wherever you are. That's pretty nice, huh? Self-centered up here, centered wherever you are. Self-centered here... Everywhere. Yeah. The movie of self-centeredness, your little porno theater here, <laughs> the movie of centered is everywhere. Tons of possibilities. Here, very very few possibilities. Stale popcorn, <laughs> lousy jujubes, and the same fucking movie. <laughs> Debbie doing Dallas, or you doing Dallas, or whatever. Something's happening to you. And you can't get out of this fucking porno theater. It sucks. Hasn't it? It's like here. If we had a marquee outside, and it said... Uh, Paul's story. Only Paul's would come tonight. Yeah? We've got 40 Paul's and maybe a couple of women who went out with Paul's to, to be right about their opinion of Paul. <laughs> and so we all sit here and everyone's excited because it's going to be about them, you know. And, and I know it's about me, this Paul. So I got the doors locked and everything. And the movie starts and everyone's excited. In two minutes, as soon as they recognize it's not about them, they lose total interest in it. But I'm glued to it. I'm going, watch, the phone's going to ring. It's, is it the fairy princess? Is it a job? And everyone's like snoring. But I'm totally obsessed. Why? Why is that? Why is that? It's me. Yeah. You see it? Interest and attention is like a homing pigeon. It goes to whatever you think you are. If you think you're the construction of a mental system, you're going to have devotion to that mental system. And that devotion is going to produce an effect. And in this case, it's going to produce tons of anxiety. That same faith, if put over to centeredness, will produce an ease and comfort in your skin now. It's the exact same energy. Exact same energy. Most of us have been devoted to a thought system that's failed us, yeah? And we're the perfect examples of what someone who looks like, what someone looks like who's a devotee to that system. We're fucking flipped out. We're scarred. We can't hug people. We're shut down unbelievably emotionally. We're seeking constantly. Have a strong sense of entitlement. We think we're right. We want to be special. 
we're constantly seeking all day. That same faith that produces all that seeking could produce peace of mind. Yes? Could, could rest in where you are with total confidence that you not, not that you will be taken care of, that you are taken care of. Yes? Not that you will be taken care of. If you are taken care of long enough, the will be taken care of is dealt with. Yeah? Because every moment you really want to be taken care of is are being taken care of. It's not a will be. That's all a fantasy. But after every are being taken care of, are being taken care of, are being taken care of, the idea of will be taken care of is totally dismissed. Yeah? You're truly living in a sense a day at a time. Yeah? And what happens is freedom provokes more freedom. The solution provokes more of the solution. And, and the recovery is also progressive, like the diseases. Yeah? Recovery is progressive. If you stay open to it, it has a, an extending quality. It progresses. It expands. Yes? If you're just a little willing and you honor it, it just expands. And your life gets richer and richer in the ways you never would have thought, you know, being available to others, holding, being able to hold the space, having people who don't know you much at all, but they respect you, call you when they get a terminal, like, thing in cancer, which I don't hear from this person for months, but because of that, because he knows me, he calls me when he's in that situation. These things start happening to a junkie from the streets, you know. I mean, what happened? What, what caused the transformation? Was it Paul? <laughs> no. <laughs> Paul's, the, Paul's the name tag that hasn't, you know, shifted. But what took me over shifted, big, you know. Just like we've been taken over by alcoholism, we've been taken over by a power greater than alcoholism now. Yeah. When you resist alcoholism, it thrives. When you surrender to this, it thrives. Yeah? When you resist alcoholism, it gets bigger. Yeah? When you surrender to this, it thrives. When you abandon yourself to alcoholism, it totally, totally leaves you high and dry. Doesn't it? When you totally depended on alcoholism, it always disappointed you, didn't you? At the end, I was totally disillusioned by all the drugs. I did. I thought I would transcend this place by doing so much drugs. I was totally bummed out. It left me high and dry. But if you abandon yourself to this power, it doesn't leave you high and dry. It totally supports you. Yeah? We know this way of life. We just did it in the wrong direction. The same way. I abandoned myself to drugs every fucking day. I gave everything to it. I was a perfect devotee to drugs. I matched my devotion to any spiritual fucking saint in the world. I gave everything, and I gave every, all of yours to it, too. And whatever I could get, I'd give away. i fucking prostitute myself every day. I was my, it was my religion, shooting coke. Yeah? And it terribly disappointed me, because it didn't transcend this place. Every time I woke up, I was still here. Yeah? So, we talk about, what does it mean to be abandoned? We know what it fucking means. We know what it's like to turn one's will and life over. But the difference is, is what we turn our will and life over. See, maybe we thought we already did it, and look at what the results were. You know, addiction and fucking prisons and Delancey streets. 
but in fact, it was, it was the, what we turned it over to that produced the results. It, not, it wasn't the turning over. The turning over is inevitable here, in a way. But now we can turn it over to something other than what we once turned it over to. Yeah? And then you'll know the tree by its fruits. You'll see what happens when you fucking surrender here. Yeah. And sort of like a dog that's been hurt, beat, you know? It takes a while for it to learn to trust again. Maybe that's what happened to us. We gave our total reliance on self, and we were terribly disappointed. We're in fucking halfway houses, and, you know, I've been run over by cars and jail and everything like that. Maybe we're sort of hesitant, thinking, I don't want to rely on anything else ever again. But here's the, uh, we've had the second option. And look around at people who've done it and see how, what they look like. See if there's light in their eyes. See if it seems to be working for them. And maybe try the same path, just a day at a time. It's not a lifelong surrender. Just surrender now. Yeah. If you want to know what meaning to go to, how about this one? Yeah. Be attentive to where you are. Just start seeing what happens. You'll know it by its fruits. You'll sense it. You'll set, you can't see it. You, spirit can only intimate itself. It can't appear here. It's not a thing. But you'll be, it'll intimate itself to you, through you and through others and through situations. And after a while, you'll be able to recognize it with never seeing it. But you'll recognize it. You'll recognize it everywhere, but you'll never actually see it. Yeah? But you'll recognize it. You'll see its hand in action. You'll see its choreography. And there's, it'll bring you like a tear of joy. Because you'll see that, you know, there is, it's not a something, it's a no thing, but there is reliance on something. Yeah? There is a place to truly rest your head. You can really rest and let go there. Like, put down the fucking rock. You know? Follow some simple instructions. We have God rails, G-O-D rails, called the 12 steps in the program, and the fellowship is huge. Because we all need a sense of belonging, no matter how independent we think we are. We're, we're tribal little act, action figures. It's nice to get around the fire every night with people. Yeah, it does. It's very healthy to me. It's really done a lot for this. Yeah. We have all that in place. Why not just look up? <laughs> look up in the single eye, like Jesus says. If your eye be single, your body will be full of light. Yes. If your eye be single... If you stop looking this way, and you look with the mind, you'll see nothing. And you'll see your face and every face in that nothingness, yeah? That's a huge impact on you, seriously, when it starts hitting you. You have a pair of glasses already, right? Alcoholism. Then Chuck C. said, there's a new pair of glasses, recovery. Those new pair of glasses are meant to correct the distortions of the original pair of glasses. But in a sense, being them glasses, the best thing is to be able to take them both off, in a way. Yeah? And so that, instead of another form of looking, you can see again, like when you were a kid. If you weren't in an abusive situation, I wasn't. So, when I was a kid, there was a freedom there. Yeah? Because I couldn't think of that there wasn't. <laughs> you know what I mean? When I, was, when I was doing something, I didn't have thoughts that I could possibly be doing anything else. So there was really a presence in what I was doing because my mind hadn't got this insane option. I don't have to be doing this. <laughs> you know what I mean? I shouldn't be doing this. What? I should be doing something much better. You know? All that wasn't there. So I was here because there was no mental there I could go to yet. Yeah? My mind grew and then the there became the here. 
And that's what I wanted to get out of my whole fucking life, was that mental here. And I try to escape, and the weirdest thing in all my escapes from the mental here brought me to jail here, <coughs> in the manifest here. <laughs> my intention was to get out, and I got imprisoned every fucking year. <laughs> But you'll know that really, you will know the solution, the problem by the solution, I swear. I cannot believe that this was the last answer I ever got. So how long ago was that? I haven't gotten any new answers since, yeah. I had a lot of answers in my life. A lot of people gave me a lot of answers. But this one, when I fell upon it, I've been entertaining it now for a while, and I haven't had any new answers. Yeah. That's pretty cool. It seems to be working. Yeah. Because once you're in the solution, everything becomes a lot clearer. You really get to see what you're not in action. Yeah? And if you're not that, you don't have much interest in it. And that's the whole, that's all what spirituality is in a way, is a shift of interest and attention. People are trying to do it through practices and, and functions and stuff. But when the mind wakes up, there's just a shift of attention and interest. Your emphasis goes, leaves thingness and goes to no thingness in a way. has enough to deal with thingness all day. It's no problem with that. But the no thingness is what's rested in, yeah? And to me, that's it. That's the spiritual awakening. Any questions tonight? Hello back there. Hello, yes. We're having a meeting, yes? All of us, yeah. (laughs) You're all included, yes. All of us. Hallelujah. (laughs) Any questions? No, come on, get a couple questions. Let's keep going. News now. Hmm? Any questions? No? Oh, yes? Hey, Patty, how are you? invitation, I think, in my ninth year sobriety. I went to a meeting that was in AA where a woman was sharing this point of view about uh, not being a long-lasting, independent, separate entity, what we would call self in AA. Yeah. And when I heard it, it was like an unspoken yes. Yes, something hit me. And then I just started to entertain what she had said, and I followed up on some, I read some books, and I went to see other people, and I got a flavor of what a lot of these people were sharing, and I uh, just walked around entertaining it, you know? That's the way I like to use it. I wasn't thinking about it. I was just, if I read something, I'd hit a point of some statement, and it would produce a pause, yeah? I would just stop reading and just sort of let that pause uh, grab me my attention and walk around and be like, if I was not that, then I could actually be free of it. (laughs) I wouldn't have to work on myself so much to try to improve what I'm not, because it's not me. Oh, I like that, yes? And what happened with me, I suddenly, my whole, just like when I first drank, 
when I first got interested in drinking, I was in a Little League baseball game. That night, after I drank, my athletic career came to a screeching halt. No more of that. No more playing anymore. This is what happened to my spiritual seeking. I was spiritual seeking, and I heard this message, and my spiritual seeking came to a screeching halt. That's what happened, literally. And I left with my pants down. Because the only identity I had was I was a lousy house painter, but I was a pretty good spiritual seeker. I'd been going to retreats and meditating, doing all this stuff. I could have that loving gaze go, you know, pretty good. Yes, I love you, but I feel sorry for you. I wish you were where I am. All this, all this stuff, yeah? That came to a, like a screeching halt. But what happened is, it was like being in a town hall with my pants down. My mind had no identity. So it was trying to grab, yeah? And I couldn't pull anything up. So I got used to walking around with my pants down. And then so much shit got revealed when I was willing to give up those old ideas, be it an addict, be it a seeker, or whatever. And then... Um, yeah, that state that I wanted, or I thought I had to produce, or be given to by someone else, was ever-present. Yeah? So, I don't mean I honor the people I've heard, but I don't follow them. Right? I don't follow anybody, in a sense, because I think you and I are our own authorities. Inevitably, it has to be so. Yeah? And I found, uh, by entertaining it, it just verified itself more and more. The more and more it became, if you want to call it more true, it became more true by the seeing of it. Yeah? And then uh, there was a point where there's no going back. <laughs> yeah, it's like, uh, it's a done deal. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can't get back into the story. It's almost impossible, the story of Paul, because it's, it's incredibly boring and empty, really. I mean, it's like if someone came up to you and started talking about what was bothering them and it was actually not happening, you'd be bored, wouldn't you? In five minutes, you've got to go out. Let's go get something to eat, watch a movie, something. You'd be, lose interest immediately, yeah? Why is it that we have so much interest in the same activity going on in this head? Because it's held as mine or about me, yeah? The my or about you is the bondage. It's not the activity. It's, it's that it's about you that's the bondage. If it isn't about you, you start seeing it for what it is. It's pretty boring. Yeah, it's the same old, same old. It's always worrying about something. Usually not now. And it just goes on and on and on and on and on. And it's never going to stop. You're never, you're always going to be an urban renewal project. It's always going to find fault in you. It's never going to be, okay, we're satisfied. You've done enough drugs. You hit the quota. You're going to be satisfied from now on. Put down the drugs. You don't need one more. You're satisfied. You're always going to be high. You're never going to get arrested. Everything's fine. Yeah. It never reaches it. It's always seeking for seeking's sake. It never finds. It has no intention of finding. It has no intention of finding. When it finds something, it immediately leaves it very quickly. I've seen people who say they've been enlightened three times this life. Three freaking times. You think one would be enough. Three times they were enlightened this way, and they keep seeking. I'm enlightened again, and they're still seeking. Seeking is for its own sake. It's not defined. The story is that it's defined, but it, that is not the truth. Yeah? So That's sort of what happened to me. And then I was in a position of sharing in AA already, because I used to teach fourth-step workshops. So people were under the illusion they were coming to a fourth-step workshop after a while, and there would be no writing or anything like that. And I was just sharing from what was happening. 
And then it led me to this, really, because we, we made a big mistake. We uh, put up a web website, like, almost three years ago, and now everything hit the fan. Then. So people started hearing around the world and then getting in touch with us. Yeah. Any more questions? But I have such a fondness. You can't believe what a joy it is to share with people in the tribe. Because I, this, I really, truly believe in my heart of hearts... This is the this is the diagnosis of the disease. I really do, in a humble way. I really believe I can't find it to be anything else. I know it's not obsession with self. I know that clearly. Yeah, and but this one when I tr when I entertained it from this point of view, it radicalized the program for me. I mean, it just shifted everything. And then I when I would do an inventory, it was like I was doing it on a foreign person. Yeah. Because really what it says in the book, read it, it's that page 64 where it says self is what has defeated us. And now we're going to look at its, meaning self's common manifestations in our lives. This is how it defeats us, yeah? But how it defeats us is the my, obviously. Because if you look and ask anyone in this room what self defeated them, they would say the same answer, my self. Yeah. My is the way it's... The, the way the defeat occurs is through the identification or claiming of, Yeah. That's the way it's defeated. The, the masthead for the defeat is maybe self, but it's not what's, that's not what defeats us. That's like, the, that's like the hammer, but the intention is from the my. Yeah? It uses the hammer of self to beat the shit out of you, but it's not the hammer. It's the my that's wielding the hammer. Yeah? It's the my. We're not trying to get rid of the hammer. The, the hammer's there. The mental process produces a sense of self. That's how it organizes life as a figure. Yeah? That's how it does it. It organizes all the disparating things that are going on as a body. It says, oh, it's me. Okay, that's one way it makes sense out of this thing. That's going to be there. But it's the wielding of it. That's where the my occurs, yeah? When the mental process claims that idea of being you as you, yeah? That's where the bondage occurs, that's where it gets locked in. So then it says, all right, so if we're convinced of that, we'll now look at its common manifestations, not all of them. And it says, the next paragraph, it says resentment is the number one offender. So if you follow this logic, it sounds like resentment is an expression of self. Yeah? The system of thought called self is expressing through this opportunity, because it cannot express but through us. Yeah, There is no self. You can't say, oh, there it is. It's... I just laid a big shit on 4th Street. You don't see it, right? You don't see self. But it can be, its effects can be seen through us. Yeah? We can act out from this idea of self. We can get fucking super jealous. All this shit can happen. So we are a form of expression for this mental impression called self to get out. Yeah? How does it get carte blanche uh, entrance into all the aspects of what we call our life because we're identified as it. When it comes in any topic, relationships, health, money, it walks right in and we never check its papers because we call it me. Yeah? And it, therefore, it dumps stuff, it dumps its own expressions through this possibility into life. And when it does, listen when you share about it. You'll share it as if they're yours. My fear, my resentments, my this, my that. But in fact, if you read what the book says, they're expressions of self, and self and us are two different things. So we're actually identified 
with the idea of self because we're claiming all of its expressions. You can't be more identified than that. Yeah? In other words, if, you, if someone did something and you kept uh, confessing to the crime, you would be identifying as the guy who did it. You're not the one who did it. Yeah? But you keep identifying with what happened and saying, I did it. I did it. I did it. Yeah? And, wh and what happens is you get convicted in your own court system. You're already convicted, to tell you the truth. You got the judge, you got everyone, you got probation, which you never get out. You got workout programs, but you never leave the, the penitentiary. Yeah? And you're never going to get freed in that court system. Never, never, never. Self can't get out of self. No way. But when it gets brought up into the court of light, that's where you get absolved. Yes? You'll see that you, nothing actually truly ever happened to you or by you or for you or as you. Yeah? I mean, literally. So all that guilt and shame that's resting on that branch of being the doer of all those actions, the branch gets cut. You don't have to go through all the guilt and shame. The branch gets cut. It has no place to rest, and you're freed from the guilt and shame. Yeah. You're walking a free person now, like a free-range alcoholic. <laughs> Literally. It's funny, but it's not. It's really a blast, to tell you the truth. You cannot believe when the narrator dims down, and you're not, you're in the football game, and you're actually feeling the blows, you're not listening to the narrator, well, the, te the home team's losing, oh, this is going to be terrible season, and if they suck, we should have fired him a long time ago, no, you're just in the game, yeah, you're playing the game of life, you're, you're in, you're a participant, not an observer, yeah, yeah, so if you see it that way, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but it sure sounds like what he's saying is, self-defeated us, okay, in a lot of ways. Let's look at its self-expressions. All right, let's start with resentment. All right, so that actually is the expression of self. It's not my expression. Oh. Why is it that every time I see one of those expressions, or someone points them out to me, the first thing I, my mind does is claim them to be mine? I would say you're identified as a self. I would say that's the activity of the disease called alcoholism. Right now. Right now, you're in the bonding mechanism of the disease of alcoholism. Now, if you try to get out of it, you'll be in it. Because you'll be playing God, and you can't get self, can't get out of self. All right, so how do I get out of this mess? Realize you were never in the mess. You're not a self. Hallelujah. That takes no time. No time. Now, for to translate here, we do steps and everything like that so that the space can get cleared, so that life can express a different format. Instead of self-centered, it will be centered. Yeah? And it will manifest in various ways. And instead, it will not defeat us, it will enliven us. Yes? We will be reborn instead of enslaved. Yeah? It's the same mechanism, it's just a different power. Instead of self defeated us, this higher power saves us. Yeah. Same, 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 same mechanism, just a different delivery system. So I do inventories like that. Yeah, I try to, when I work with people, that's how I point it out to them. Why not? Because it's, I can do a perfect inventory of everyone in this room in five minutes. I mean, fearless and thorough. Patrick, you're a fucking asshole, whatever, da, 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 da. like that, super fast. But I have months and months of confusions when I'm looking into me. 
Why is that? Why is it that you I can see really clearly, but me I'm very confused about? I must, where, what's, where are those hidden agendas? I know your agendas as soon as I see you. Where are those hidden agendas for months, writing and talking to other people? What, how do you see me? How do you if you if you looked at it as a foreign installment, you would see it. You'd have a lot of clarity about it. Really, literally, you would see. Oh, these are the expressions of self. Yeah, do I like the expressions of self scattered in what I call my life? No, I particularly don't. Well, how are you going to get out of it if self can't get out of self? Well, the solution is I may not be self. If I'm not self, that's how I get out of it. Point it out to me if you think I'm totally wrong, crazy. Maybe my logic is really strange, but this is how it seems to me. Yeah? And it's verified in my own participation with this entertainment. Yeah? I, you know, I travel lighter in my life for a long period of time. My career in AA was destroyed because I had a great career as a circus speaker doing four-step workshops, but I lost all interest in that now. I'd much rather entertain this possibility. To me, this is a quantum leap. Yeah? Though I have no problem with four steps or anything like that, I just can't go into them anymore. It just doesn't work. I've tried. I just can't do it. I'd much rather just share this. Yeah? There's tons of people that can give you ample thing, but I'd love to hear people talk about the four step as if it's an inventory of the expressions of self instead of ours. Yeah? Maybe it would produce a new result. The thing is, if you as a self decide to make the decision to turn your life over, most of the people's experience, our experience in the community, is that we believe we can take it back, yeah? We surrender and then we take it back. Surrender, take it back. It's this huge story going on. I, I surrendered, but then something really important came up. I took it back. Surrendered, took it back. That's only, that can only be seemingly real if the this ego or the self is playing God with God. Yeah? In other words, if self decides to surrender to God, this God it's going to surrender to is going to be a lesser God than it is. And so when the big God of self says, oh, I want this back, it takes it back. It's like taking a bag of candy from a little kid. Oh, here, you hold this for me. Oh, give it back to me. They can't stop you. You know, go fucking punch me. But God has no power because it's not God. It's a God made up by what's playing God. Yeah? I see that as a fundamental flaw. I don't know if you are Nazi. I see that if, if it's identification as self is the root of the problem, and, then, and you don't know it if you're in it, then when the self, when there's a decision that you think you made to turn one's will and life over, it may have come from selfing, yeah? And if that's the case, then selfing is always going to be the bigger God than any God it turns itself to over to. And therefore, it's playing God, which is the biggest part of the third step. It says, first, quit playing God. Next, in this drama of life, God the, is the boss and we're servants. It doesn't say, first, turn your will and your life over to God. It says, first, stop playing God. And then next, we do that. If you look at it as a linear process, the most important aspect is the first, which is playing God. Now, if I, if I, if I try to quit playing God as God, yeah, <laughs> that would still be self getting out of self. I can't do it, yeah? But if I'm not that which plays God, what happens? I believe the selfing is using our God juice by us giving it over to it, by saying, I'm you, 
it uses our God juice to play God with. And it plays God in only in our heads, yeah? I can't make you see what I see. I can talk to him blue in the face about what's scaring the shit about next week to me, and you'll be totally immune to it. It won't produce the same fear, will it? Because it's a very small God, yeah? But it's, it's using my, the God juice here that I've given over to it to play God with. All I want to see is, hey, I'm not that. If I'm not that, what happens? The God juice doesn't get transferred. And so what was impossible to see and get clear about, you start seeing very clearly. And, the, and it all distills into one message, I'm not that. And as soon as I realize I'm not that, that means I could be free of it. Yes? I am not it. I don't have to go down with the ship. I don't have to blow my brains out because I think the only way I can get peace is to kill me because I'm identified with this fucking voice. I can actually be free of it. I put it to the test. I've entertained it. It seems to pan out. I'm here just to serve you a spiritual subpoena. You've been served. Check it out. I'm around. I come all the time. We've been doing it for like 20 years. No one gets left high or dry. All the talks are free on the website. If you're interested in it, you can get it, have it repeated. I think repetition is powerful here, just like here it's a poison in the world with advertising and how people, you know, you'll never be as good looking as your brother. That's what my mother said to me ever since I was a kid. You'll never be as good looking as your brother. <laughs> Thousands of times. Okay, Ma, all right? Please, enough. Enough with that lovely statement. You know? Repetition tends to sort of produce effects here. You know? We're just using a poison as an antidote. We're repeating this message. Yes, and it's just an invitation. That's all it is. It's not a big dissertation. An invitation. Just offer it. It's not a draft. It's not saying it's better or worse than anything. It's not in any competition with anything else. It's not competing with Buddhism or anything like that. It's just an invitation that can illuminate all those things. Yeah. If you look at every path, they all get back to the root problem, which is either identification as self or whatever. Yeah. This isn't new in a way. There you have it. Dover's done. <laughs> hey, uh, any more questions? No? All right, well, we'll pass, we'll pass the basket. Oh, we did it already. All right. And we have shirts for sale. This is my excuse as a shirt salesman. I've got to give you a nice talk, and then I can get right down to business. Sell some shirts.